Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the Summit Church Podcast. We want to connect you to a relationship with God and all that He has in store for you. We hope this inspires you, strengthens your faith, and gives you hope to live out your best days now. Enjoy the message. Great to be in San Antonio with the Summit. Please be seated. Thanks for letting me be a part of a special day. You know, one, one way uh, you win in life is you just outlast the devil. You know, you may not be the smartest or the, the cutest or whatever, but if you outlast the devil, you'll win. So that's Rick and I's strategy. We're going to just outlast our enemies and uh, walk in the grace and the goodness of God. So great to have Wendy with me here today in San Antonio. I know Wendy's friends with the women's ministry here at Summit, and uh, we feel like we're part of the family. So great to be here. I often make jokes that uh, I'm not the smartest guy, uh, but it's not really a joke. It's reality. Um, and I'm trying to follow the message on this bottle of water right here. It's essential. What are the essentials, right? I, I may not have the highest IQ. I may not be the fastest or the smartest. But if I can do the essentials, if I can get the basics down. Now, some people go to church and they, they want deep stuff. Let's study the book of Revelation. I could make up stuff like anybody does in prophecy or Revelation and talk about the last days and the blood moon and whatever. It's a bunch of garbage. doesn't mean anything. But if you have the essentials, you can win in life, right? You may not be the greatest, but if you do the essentials, you can have a good marriage and your kids will love you. And you can prosper and be financially well off. So maybe before we get too deep, let's talk about the essentials and what really has to happen to win in life, to live successfully and walk in the blessing of the Lord. I'm going to start in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. 1 John Chapter 5, verse 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten. If you love the Father, you'll also love the Son. So if you believe, you're born of God. Years ago, I asked Dr. Cho, who, who had become a great mentor and influence in our lives. Cho was the pastor of the largest church in the world at that time. I'm not sure today what the statistics would say. At one point, he had over a million members at his church in Seoul, Korea. And Wendy and I would go there. It was always an amazing and inspiring place. He had more elders than I have church members, you know, something like 40,000 church elders. Boy, if you want a headache, get 40,000 elders. But he was an amazing guy, an amazing church. And I asked Dr. Cho, give me the best definition of faith. How do you explain it? How do you? And he said, oh, it's simple. Faith is a choice to believe. Faith is a choice to believe. Dr. Cho would pray 
hours every day, and he's kind of well-known for his ministry in prayer, and he would talk about it and try to inspire all of us to pray more. One of the things I heard him praying as we were preparing to go out into the service one day, he was saying, Lord, I believe. I think that's maybe the greatest prayer I've ever heard prayed. Not the longest, not the most astounding or amazing, but maybe the greatest. Lord, I believe. So when you choose to believe, your faith is activated. Your faith starts working. Many people feel like faith is an emotion. Faith is a feeling. And when you ask them, you know, how's your faith? They'll say, oh, yes, I have a deep and personal faith life. Well, what do you do with your faith? You know, it's very deep. But, but, but what do you do with your faith? What does your faith produce in your life? You know, it's a personal thing. In other words, nothing. When you start saying deep and personal, you got nothing, right? You're just tripping. You're just making stuff up. So what could happen if our faith was biblical, if it was something according to Scripture that's really producing, that's really making things happen in our life. Let's talk about that this morning. And to me, this is one of the essentials for success in life, for Christianity that's not just deep and personal, although, okay, that's fine, but is it real? Is it productive? Is it effective? Is it really bringing blessing and making life work? That's what we want to talk about, all right? So faith is a choice to believe. It's not a feeling. Oftentimes, feelings are, are, are up and down, right? It's like with marriage. There was the day when your spouse was perfect, and, and they were just so amazing, and you were telling everybody, they're just perfect. I mean, when I look in their eyes, I just, I'm just so happy. They're just perfect. And then there's that day when they're not perfect. And you're like, what was I thinking? Right? And marriage gets hard, and you have to work through issues, and, and you feel like, darn. I mean, and people say this to me all the time. I think I missed God's will. Right? They're talking about their spouse. Well, you thought they were God's will yesterday. Why do you think they're not God's will today? Simply because of one thing, feelings. Feeling, nothing more than, right? We don't, feelings go up and down. Feelings come and go. Feelings are good. Feelings are bad. If you're making decision based on your feelings, I tell you right now, you're not living at God's best. You're not experiencing God's best because you're, you're moved by faith. People come to church, oh, I, I feel the Lord. I love this church. But the, the problem with that is a month, a year, 10 years, you know, I just don't feel it's the same. But it's not the church that changed. It's them. Their emotions changed, right? You don't leave your spouse because your feelings changed. You get your feelings in order, and you live by your faith, by your commitment, by your decisions, and by the Word of God. Amen? If I ask myself how I feel all the time, my life would be a wreck, because I don't feel like working out. 
I don't feel like disciplining my flesh. I don't even feel like going to church sometimes, and I'm the pastor, right? Sometimes I feel like staying in bed, right? But I say to Wendy, I'm going to stay in bed today. She said, nope, you're going to church. Why? Why do I have to go to church? Because you're the pastor, right? Really, okay, feelings are fun. Feelings are fine. But feelings really don't mean anything. You don't do what you feel like doing. You do what's good. You do what's godly. You do what's right. You do what brings blessing, what brings health, what brings strength, right? If you follow your feelings, you're lost. If you follow your faith, you're blessed. So those who believe are born of God, right? Those, not those who feel close to the Lord, Right, we live up in Seattle. We got some weird people up there. You probably have a few down here. Maybe they live in Austin or something. We get people who hug trees, tree huggers, and they feel close to God. But they're not born of God, have no relationship with God. We have people that go to the mountains and they feel close to God. But they're not born of God. They have no relationship with God. We have people who think owning a dog brings them closer to the Lord. All that does is make you smell like a dog. You're not born of God, nor do you have a relationship with God. The Bible is clear. Those who believe Jesus is the Christ are born of God. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe the Bible is true. I choose to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. I don't need someone to prove it. I don't need to find Noah's ark to know that is true. I don't need to have a sign from heaven. I made a decision. Jesus is my Lord. I'm born of God. Now, look at the next verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Of course, this is speaking of in life and death. You rise above this world. You have eternal life. If you're born of God, you overcome the world with eternal life. But it also applies to your life on earth. You overcome the sickness. You overcome the poverty. You overcome the devil. You overcome the disease and the disaster. You overcome the ice storm. What the heck is with San Antonio and ice storms? Like when we came here a few days ago, it's colder here than it is in Seattle. We got off the airplane. We're like, what? We thought we were in Texas. Nope. We're in freaking Alaska. Trees are breaking, limbs falling down. What's going on around here? Okay, wait a minute. I digress. Where was I? Oh, yeah. When you choose to believe, you choose to use your faith, you then have power. You have the ability to overcome. Now, most Christians live as victims. Blame the government. Blame the taxes. Blame the pandemic. Well, this happened. That happened. I can't help. It's not my fault. You know, it's up to the government. It's up to the... And always have something to blame for their feelings and their circumstances. But the Bible said, if we're faith people, if we're believers, we overcome. We don't have excuses. We have faith. We rise above. 
We overcome this world and everything that's in this world. Sometimes we're actually proud of the fact that we're survivors. I guess being a survivor is a step above being a victim. A survivor is good if your, you know, airplane just crashed, uh, if you were in a Chinese balloon recently and you're a survivor, then that's good. <laughs> but, but if you define your life by surviving, no. God says you're an overcomer. You overcome the abuse of your past. You overcome that uh, abusive relationship. You overcome that sickness and disease. You overcome and you, st- you tell the story and you glorify the Lord because you live by faith. You choose to believe. So that makes you an overcomer. So, no, we don't love the victim mentality. We don't accept the survivor's mentality. We believe a different way. People should look at Christians and say, oh, those people, they win. They overcome. They're victorious. You just cannot get them down. The world should be attracted to us because we're different. We're not just victims of circumstances. We're overcomers by faith. So that's our attitude. That's our mentality. That's what we believe. In Ephesians 2 and verse 8, the Scripture said, By grace you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know, sometimes when you go to church, you feel like the Lord owes you. It's like, I've been in church, Lord. Bless me. Like the Lord now owes you a blessing because you came to church? Well, I haven't missed a Sunday in weeks, which doesn't happen much anymore. You know, we think we're faithful if we show up every, every month. I was at church once a month. I had a guy the other day. I bumped into him at a store. He said, Pastor Tree. Oh, yeah, hey, man, how's it going? He said, I come to your church. I said, oh, that's cool. He said, you know, I love that building there in SeaTac where y'all are. I said, bro, we moved out of that building 15 years ago. But he's still a member. He still comes to our church. Right? Some people think they're a member if they show up at Christmas time. And then we feel like the Lord owes us if we're a little bit faithful, a little bit generous, do a little bit of serving. Well, the Lord's going to bless me. No, it's not of works. This is not about God owing you. This is about believing. And if you think about it, what can you give God other than your faith? Right? I mean, anything you do for God is not going to impress Him. He's the creator of the universe. But if you trust him, now you move to a whole nother level in your walk with God. Remember, everywhere Jesus went, he was listening. He was watching for people's faith. He was ready to respond to people's faith. He'd walk right past you, even if you're yelling at him, trying to touch him, you know, doing all the religious gyrations. He would ignore you. But if you had faith, he'd stop. What do you want? And isn't it funny, he would ask a blind man, what do you want? It's like, really, Lord? (laughs) Kind of obvious, isn't it? 
No, he's looking for faith. He's listening for faith. What do you want? Would you come to church? Well, you know, I just came for blessing. You know, this, I'm just here because I'm here. Sunday. Got new boots. Got, got to go to church. Come on, bro. Is that it? What, 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 what do you want from God? What are you believing from God? What's your faith focused on? That's the life of a Christian. Using our faith on purpose. Not just emotion, not just feeling, but faith on purpose. Look at Mark chapter 2. It's a fun story. Mark chapter 2. They, they were having a life group, and everybody showed up that week at the life group, and you, you couldn't even get in the living room. It said that they gathered together, and there were so many that there was no room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them, and they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now here's a guy, he's paralyzed, he, he's, he's so sick he can't even get himself to church, but his friends carry him to church. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they gave up and went home and said, it must not be God's will. Huh? What, what's your Bible say? Have you ever read the Bible? It's amazing. You should try it sometime. No, it says, when they could not come in because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. And when they broke through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And the guy got healed and got up off his bed. That's an interesting thought. It's another message. Sometimes just knowing you're forgiven is all you need for healing. Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. When you came to church today, did he see your faith? When you were praising, worshiping, did you see your faith? Or were you on the phone listening to Super Bowl prep? Checking your bets on FanDuel. A lot of people say, well, the Lord's really not ever done much. I've never been here. I've never seen a miracle. You know, the Lord's not. But has he ever seen your faith? course, how, how we express it would be different than this story in the Bible, but it could be in our words. It could be in our actions. It could be in what we've giving. Uh, it could be in many different ways, but when was the last time the Lord saw your faith? Because that's when miracles start. That's when the presence of God is manifested. That's when healing starts flowing when he can see your faith. All right, look over Mark chapter 5. Another well-known story. You've probably read it before, but let's just think about it for a moment. There was a certain woman, Mark 5, verse 25. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time to be sick, right? 
And she'd suffered many things from many physicians. In other words, she went to all the doctors, and they kept trying different things, but nothing worked. Isn't it amazing with all that our medical community knows and can do, there's still so much they don't know and they can't, they can't do. So we have to trust God. The, the, about the time you start thinking, oh, yeah, I can just take a pill and it'll fix it, there's going to be something that the pill won't work, the doctor doesn't know. You've got to trust God. Have you ever used your faith on purpose? Part of our problem is we live on our own until we can't, and then we're saying, Lord, I need thee. Yeah, you should have started that 10 years ago. But let's start today and be ready for whatever may come our way. So she's been sick for 12 years and went to all the doctors, but only grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, faith always does something. The four men let down their friends through the roof. She is touching his garment and saying, if only I can touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out, turned in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said, there's a multitude thronging you. How can you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done the thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said, girl, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, the most amazing part to that story is, at least for me, she got healed, and Jesus didn't even know it. Didn't even know. He didn't know she was there. He didn't know she was sick. He didn't know her story. He didn't know she was getting healed. He was like, whoa, something happened. How many of you have said, well, I, I haven't got my healing because it's not God's will? You know, I haven't had that prayer answered because it's not God's will. You know, we're struggling financially because God's teaching us something. You see, religion blames God. Faith people trust God. This girl, she was trusting God, and she wasn't just going through the motions. She reached out by faith, and when she touched him, the Lord felt that power. He, like, whipped his weave. He was like, woo! And he had to ask her, what happened? She's like, well, you know, I said if I could just touch you, I'd be healed. And, and, and I touched your garment, and, and I, I feel that healing. I've received it. He said, way to go, girl. Your faith. It's not up to God's will. Your faith has made you well. Your faith will cause you to prosper. Your faith will keep your marriage strong. Your faith will enable you to rise above the negatives in this world. Your faith will make you an overcomer. 
Or you can be a victim and talk about it's not God's will. You can just be a survivor and talk about, well, you know the Lord. You never know what the Lord's going to do. Right? Use your faith. Make a decision. Trust God. It may take a while, but you got time. What are you going to do with your time? Trust God or just suffer and blame God? You got time? What are you going to do with your time? Believe God is working or believe you're a victim? Let's choose to be overcomers. Let's choose to use our faith. Let's choose to trust the Word of God with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. Look at Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Remember when he spoke to the tree and the tree was dried up from the roots. And Peter said, Lord, that's that tree you spoke to. When people say they have something deep in their heart, you need to remember you only have in your heart what's coming out of your mouth. Because the Bible said out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you say, well, I have a deep love in my heart. If you're not speaking it, it's not in there. You're just tripping. Right? You want to sound good. You want to look good. But what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. My migraines are killing me. That's what's in your heart because that's what's coming out. My back pain, my diabetes. You don't understand, Pastor Tree. my diabetes. When did you own this thing? When has it become yours? When it became part of your heart. Well, you know, my debts, my debts been piling up, and I've been praying about it, Pastor, but my debts just keep piling up. See, you own the wrong thing. Own the blessing. Own the promise. Own the word of the Lord. Own the abundant life. Own the prosperity. My prosperity is coming on me. My healing. But see, if you love being a victim, You love talking about your migraines and your back pain and your bad leg. You love telling people how hard it is. You've embraced the negative rather than the promise. So you have to decide, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to say to my mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. I'm not going to doubt in my heart. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling, right? If, if, if love was a feeling, then you could say you lost that loving feeling. <laughs> you and Tom Cruise. I lost that loving feeling. Whoa, that loving feeling. Yeah, so that's why people... Move out of their spouse, leave their marriage because they've lost a feeling. They didn't know what love was from the beginning. It's a decision. Feelings come and go, but I'm committed. I'm going to be here till we go to heaven together. So that's how we believe. That's how we walk by faith. I trust God. Well, do you feel it? No, I trust Him. I've decided. I have decided, I feel like singing today, must be Rick's birthday, bring it on. I have decided to follow Jesus, 
Don't feel anything. Just made a decision. I believe. I believe. So I speak to my problems. I don't speak about my problems. Right? I don't call up my friend Rick and say, Rick, I got a migraine today. And my back is flared up. I can barely walk. And Wendy's stupid. I lost that loving feeling. No. I come up and say, Lord, uh, bro, I believe we're blessed. I believe we're prospering. We're calling finances in. We're calling in increase. We're believing God is working. Right? And we've been doing that 40 years together. Right? So you got to own it. You, 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 you got to embrace it. You got to choose the promise, not the problem. And you just have to decide. I like talking to my problems more than talking about my problems. Thank you for your exciting response. Maybe you should just tell your neighbor, I think he's talking to you right now. Just turn and tell him, I think he's talking to you. So in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, right? That's the 11th commandment. The first 10, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt. And the 11th, have faith in God. It's a decision. If it wasn't a decision, Jesus couldn't tell you to do it. Have faith in God. Speak to your mountain. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe what you say will be done, and you will have what you say. Now, remember this. You don't get what you deserve, and you don't get what's God's will. You get what you say. It's God's will that you're holy How's that going? It's God's will that you tithe. How's that working? It's God's will that you lose 15 pounds. You know that ain't never going to happen. Okay, I'm just teasing. Kind of. Right? It's God's will that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you joyful or are you depressed? It's God's will that you're healed and whole. But some of us love our sickness, right? So you think, well, I'm going to have God's will. No, you're going to have your will. What you choose, what you believe, when you use your faith and when you say to your mountains and believe in your heart that it shall be done, you will have what you say. And it's a shock to people when they realize, oh, I thought I was just going to have God's will. No, it's God's will that a lot of things, it's God's will that the president renews his freaking mind. It's God's will that your neighbor loses all them demons over there. Right? But you have to choose. You have to lean in. You have to believe. And then what you believe is what you get. Is this all right in this Baptist church? <laughs> Some of you looking like you're getting ready to throw rocks at me or something. So we'll have what we say. Can I give you one last scripture? All right. Then like that big old guy climbing through a barbed wire fence, one more point and I'll be through. Romans chapter 1, verse 14. Romans Chapter 1. First, here's three I am's that we all want to be able to say. I am a debtor to Greeks and barbarians, wise and unwise. So as much as in me is, 
I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. And then the third, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew and the Greek, every nationality, every race, every kind of people, Jew or Gentile, this will work. The gospel is the power to those who believe. You can hear the gospel. If it doesn't believe, nothing happens. If you believe, you get born again. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. You start praying with the Spirit. You start receiving your healing. You start walking in the favor of God, the blessing of God, the prosperity of God. It works for those who believe. Well, I don't believe in that Holy Spirit stuff. That's why it's not working in you. I just don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Yeah, that's why you poor. I just don't believe in, well, that's why you don't have it, because it's the power to those who believe. And wherever you believe, it's working. Some of you have no problem with depression. You live in joy and peace, and you just believe peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind. But other people, depression, anxieties, fears, worries plague their life. They, they got to decide the gospel is the power, and I believe it. I'm overcoming this depression. I'm overcoming this anxiety. I'm rising above this fear. And, and that power starts working in your life. At one point, I was so addicted, I wouldn't get out of bed without getting some kind of drugs in my system. I was a drug addict. And when I got born again, I had to decide, I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to need something every day. I'm not going to rely on something to try to make me feel better, right? I didn't want to be better. I just wanted to feel better. But I decided the gospel is the power. Well, now it's been 45, 46 years since I've ever had anything. You know, because I was trying to get high or trying to get drunk or whatever, I just, I just moved on. And the gospel empowered me, but I had to believe it. You know, it took me a year. I, I didn't believe it at first. When my mentor told me I could change and I could have a different life, I didn't believe it. I could not see myself sober. I couldn't see myself not getting high. Like, I said to him, like, you never get high? That was so strange to me because I had a habit, right? This is how I am. This is who I am. This is what I am. And after a year, I began to believe the gospel, the word of God is the power if I will believe it. Sure enough, it works. Sure enough, it works. You know, I was raised in the house. We were, you know, good people. My parents were good people but not Christians, and always talk about what we can't afford. Can't afford that. Can't, well, we wish we could, but we can't afford that. You know, them rich people, they got something, something's wrong with them rich people. And I always felt like, well, can I be one of those rich people? I just grew up with that poverty mentality. And then I realized I could prosper. The gospel is the power of God to prosper if... You will believe it. 
If you believe, you overcome poverty. You overcome debts. And guys, we've had some struggles financially. We've had some debts trying to grow church, trying to build sanctuaries, trying to do everything God called us to do. We stepped out sometimes and maybe even stepped out a little too much on the water, right? We started sinking a little bit. But Jesus was there, pulled us up out of the water. I got you. I got you. If you believe, right? If you believe. So I'm not saying it's easy or it's some like overnight thing. I'm just telling you, your life is defined by what you believe. Your future is defined by what you believe. Your marriage, your finances, your health are defined by what you believe. Let's believe the Word. Let's believe the promises of God. Let's believe the Bible and see God's will come to pass in our life. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting summitsa.com.